Doing good? Whoa, are we okay? <laughs> okay, uh, great to see everyone today. Um, it's, it's a great joy to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Worshiping, celebrating Him, and um, receiving of His strength today. How many of us need God's strength? Amen? Yes, yeah, we do. And also rejoicing in being here together as a family. Why don't you take, take a look around? Look at that. These are your brothers. These are your sisters. We have all different colors. Yes, all different shapes. But we have the same spirit. That's the beauty of it, right? The Holy Spirit living inside of us. And today is also a special, a special Sunday because we will have lunch together. Amen? Are you happy? Are you happy about that food? Yeah. That's my second favorite word, Holy Spirit number one, and then food. Yeah, today's great. And we get to also taste food from different nationalities and countries, right? And that's great. Are you excited about that? Yeah, my wife uh, cooked a lot yesterday because she's half Argentinian, right? I, I, I brought it to that. I mean, yeah. So she knows how to cook Argentinian food. So get ready for some yummy empanadas from Argentina. And I know that some people brought some food from Colombia, right? Colombia, Ecuador, Honduras, Slovenia, Venezuela, Canada. There's no national food in Canada? What? Hot dogs. Poutine. I'm waiting for poutine. I would like to have some poutine. There you go. Right? Trinis. Our friends, the Trinis. Trinidad and Tobago also, right? Brought some food today. Yeah? Great. So it's going to be good. Anyone else brought food today? From Nigeria or... Yeah? No more food? Oh, too bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah? German style, Canadian German style food. Cool. That's great. Um, today, I want you to look at your neighbor with a big smile, yeah, and say, I'm happy to be here sitting beside you. It's so great. You know, so great. And we're going to do a declaration together. The first declaration that you will find in your bulletin, if you can continue, you can follow me. In, in the bulletin, you will find the sermon notes, so you can take notes. I don't know. I'm the kind of guy who needs to take notes. Otherwise, I get distracted so easily. It's like my mind is so, it's in so many places, and sometimes the Lord has to, you know, had to speak to me and say, Roger, I want you right here, right now. Come on. And the same, probably the same happens to you, right? We have so many distractions, so many things to do. Today's Sunday. Maybe some of us are planning vacations, right? No? <laughs> no vacations this summer? Anyways, camping or going out with the family or sports or whatever. But it's good to take this 30 minutes to just focus on the Word of God and what the Lord wants to bring to your life. Amen? Amen. So look at your neighbor and I invite you to tell your neighbor this declaration. Are you ready? Today, you will find it there on the screen. Today, God wants to activate your faith to move you to better and bigger things. Amen? Now, take a look around and find other neighbor, maybe the one that is sitting behind you, and said, Today, God wants to activate your faith to move you to better and bigger things. Amen? It's time to move. The title of this sermon is Moving Forward. Amen? Moving forward. You need to move forward in life. You need to move forward with your family. You need to, we need to move forward with our church. In, in, in our ministry, in our calling, in our, in our jobs, in our professions, careers. 
moving forward. The Lord has invited us to move forward. Last Sunday we talked about the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit, remember? Right? You were here, right? Some of us. Okay. We, we were celebrating Pentecost Sunday. And the anointing was so heavy on us that probably some of us wanted to stay home today just to rest. <laughs> it, was, it was enough. <laughs> Anyways, but it's good to, to be here. And today the Lord wants to also pour out His anointing on you. Amen? Because He is here. It, it is not about having a special Sunday that I, I will call Pentecost Sunday. He is here. And He wants to bless you. In the book of John, chapter 3, Jesus thought about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he was talking to this guy, Nicodemus. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. We can hear its sound, but we cannot know where it comes from or where it goes. In the same way, Jesus said, we who are led by the Holy Spirit are pushed by this wind that leads us to places and situations that we never even imagine. You know, that's the adventure of Walking with God. I've never imagined being here living in Canada. I've never imagined preaching in English. I never imagined getting married to a Canadian. Beautiful Canadian woman like my wife. Never imagined that, you know. Probably there are a lot of things that you've never imagined that will happen to you. But they did happen. And that was God. God has a plan for your life. God has a destiny for you. So let me ask you this. Where did the Holy Spirit lead you back in the days? If you close your eyes and just think about it. Where did he lead you back in the days? A couple of years ago. In your present reality, what door has he opened for you? Are you excited about that? God is moving in your favor. Or which way is he leading you to take? Just as we need the guidance of the Spirit, we also need his power. We need his strength to keep moving forward. You can't move forward without the Holy Spirit. You can't. It's impossible. There's no way. No chance. No es posible. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 39, we find this verse. Uh, the writer of, to, to the Hebrews said that those who, live a, a, those who live a guidance and spirit-driven life never go back. He says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are, and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. God have called you to move forward, not to go back. Not to go back in your faith, not to go back with your family, not to go back with your, with your marriage, not to go back with your children, not to go back with your career. He wants you to move forward. Yeah. Move forward. He always goes forward. That's right. He's the God. He's my God, the God of the future. That's right. And He has a future for me. That's good. I don't have to worry about my past right. anymore. It's over. Exactly. It's gone. Jesus took care of it. I don't need to worry about it. I don't even need to worry about my presence because my life is hidden in Christ. I just need to put all my mind in the future that God is leading me to. And I have to move forward. You have to move forward. It says, we do not belong to those who shrink back, but those who move forward. You, my friend, you have been created not to just survive in this life, but to thrive. Amen? You have been created not to just survive, but to thrive. And as we go through this message, I invite you to follow me and to pay attention to what the Lord wants to speak to you. Because this morning we will be speaking, we will be talking about hope. Hope. What a beautiful thing is hope, eh? Hope. Number one, we're going to understand what is hope. So I just put this, understanding hope. And I want to say this with you. Hope, my friend, is power. Hope is not an abstract idea or 
no? Something that I imagine that I have or best, you know, best wishes for my future. Hope is power. It's a spiritual power. It's a spiritual principle. It's a spiritual law. We see this in the Bible. You, you, you can read about it in 1 Corinthians 13 where Paul speaks about hope, love, and faith. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of this is love. I could be speaking right now about faith and love, but I will save that for a sermon. I will be speaking right now about hope. Hope. But love, hope, and faith, those are spiritual engines that moves our lives. Even, even more, we see that, that love, it is not just an emotion. Love is it's not just a feeling. Love is power. Like, there are, there are three words that you can use that can change the present and the future of a person. I love you. Other one, I need you. Other one, I forgive you. That changed, that, that just transforms us. That, just those three words can transform your marriage right now. Yeah. Your family right now. Your children right now. Our church, right now. Community, we love you. You know, people that come here, we are all broken here. And we come to church, and we need these words. God's saying, I love you. My son, I forgive you. I forgive you. I've been speaking to a friend in Argentina. He, 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 he has been going through a serious crisis in his life. And, he feel, and after serving God, after being a pastor, he feels like he missed the mark. That he's done. That God is done with him. And some days he, he, he wakes up and he, he's in this uh, depression, and strong depression. And he's, he, he's like, I can't get out of this. And, and, and I, I was speaking to him yesterday. And I... Um, talk to him about James chapter 5. James chapter 5 says, Confess and talk about your, your mistakes, your sin to one another. And you will find healing, restoration. And I told him, God is not done with you. Doesn't matter what you did, God loves you. God has called, have called you to greater things. And we see God's love in the Bible. Come on, let's take a look at King David. <laughs> yeah? My goodness. So many things, right? Adultery, murder, lying, deception, treason, a lot of things. And God loved him and restored him. And God wants to restore your life. God wants to restore your marriage. God wants to restore your ministry. This is the time. Today is the time. We see God, the, the, the love of God that brought us to a new reality. So love, faith, and hope, these three spiritual elements, have the power to take you to new realities in your life. Like, God loved you, and because He loved you, He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you, so you now may be saved. Your new reality now, right now, is, it is not condemnation anymore, it's salvation. Yes. It's not slavery anymore is freedom in Christ. Yeah. We see also love in action in our marriages. When, when I proposed to Megan, I proposed in Buenos Aires. Beautiful city. You should go. Beautiful. Romantic city. The city that never sleeps. It's not only New York. It's also Buenos Aires. And we went to this bridge, beautiful bridge. It's called the Bridge of, of, of Women. It's, it celebrates women. And I just kneeled down there and I, and I proposed. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> 
Beautiful ring right there, you know. And just that, love changed her reality, changed my reality. Right now we were about to get married. We were not just two guys, two persons from different countries. We were one. We got married and now we're one. Change our reality. Love changed realities. Just the same as faith and just the same as hope. And I want to tell you this. You, my friend, you are on a route and destination called future. I want you to take you to a future. God wants to take you to a future. And he's not going to bring the DeLorean and he's going to invite you to come inside. Okay? He wants to take the Bible and show you your future. He wants to take your word, the word of God, and show you your future. Where are you going? Where your family is going? Where your marriage is going? God will do it. God, my God, is the God of the future. So we are on this route and destination called future. You know what? When, when we try to control everything, when, when we try to control all the circumstances and situations that we go through, we just get frustrated. This week I was like, God, I'm done with frustration. I'm, I'm done with stress. And God told me, you have, to let, you have to let go of some things. There are things that you can't control. When you try to control everything in your life, you will get frustrated and stressful. Full of stress. There are things that you can't control. Like you can't control the weather, right? Can you? No. Like yesterday, rain all day. And they told me that in Calgary, it was like a desert, almost no rain. <laughs> Yesterday, it was pouring water all day. You can't control weather. You can't control people. Oh, I would, like, I would love to control my wife. To make her do the things that I want her to do. Cook the meals that I want her to cook. <laughs> Bring the meat every day. <laughs> right? But no, no happened. I can't control that. <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> there are things that you can't control. I want you to say this. I will stop. Come on. Trying to control everything. You are now here to control everything. You are here to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. You can't control things. You have to surrender your life under the control of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The enemy will seek to stop your future. Let me say it again. I just want to open your eyes about this. The enemy will seek to stop your future. And how he will do that? He will seek to stop your hope. The enemy will seek to stop your hope. Because your hope is what connects you with the future. So, because he wants to stop your future. So, the enemy is not... Threatened by your past, he's threatened by your future. And he's not attacking you because of your mistakes and failures of the past. He's attacking you because of the glorious future that you have. That's why he's attacking you. Not because you missed the mark back in the days and now he has a right. No! He's attacking you because he knows that you have a bright future in Christ. That's why he wants to stop you. Stop your hope. But today you are here to say, oh my goodness, this is... A revelation for me. I always thought that the enemy came after me because of my past. Not anymore. Read the Bible, Romans 8. There's no condemnation. There's no more past for you. You're a new creature in Christ. A new human being. Now you are all opportunity. You are all future. That's why the enemy is after you. Look at, look at this verse. Proverbs 13, 12. This Bible verse blew my mind this week. Proverbs 13, 12, it says, 
Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but the longing fulfilled is a tree of life. This is a powerful revelation. Plainly, what, what these verses are telling us is that when we lose hope, we predispose our soul, our mind, our emotion, and even our body to get sick. To be afflicted. Wow. So it could be that my sickness is related to my emotions and my lack of hope. That's what the Bible says. When you lose hope in life, yeah. man, you're done. And the enemy knows that. Because he wants to abort your future. This is powerful. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When we lose hope, we lose the desire to live. And that is why Satan is behind your hope because he wants to destroy you. But now that we understand the importance of hope, it will be good that we also truly understand the hope. What hope is? Let me tell you the hope is the personal confidence that there is something else. There's something else for you. You're not done. There's something else. That what I'm waiting for truly exists. And that I can expect that it's coming. I can expect that it's coming. It was six months waiting for this work permit. And it came. You know? Not, not by chance I had any thought about coming back to Argentina. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> I was not like, okay, if this doesn't come next month, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm, we, we, we're moving back to Argentina. No. I just have to wait. My friend, time... It's not your enemy. Time is your friend. Okay? Time is not an enemy. Time is a friend. We will get to know more about this later in the sermon. Hope is not born of a longing or a desire. It's a real and sincere motivation produced by the Holy Spirit. And also we need to understand that hope is not an abstract concept. But that it, it connects us with people who become bridges and doors that God uses to lead us to the future that He planned for our lives. You want to move on in life? You need people. That's why the enemy, when someone is under the, 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 the grip of depression or anxiety, try to isolate people. And he puts these thoughts. Don't talk to anybody about, the, about your issues. Don't talk to anybody about what is going on in your life. Don't talk to the pastor. No. Don't talk to the leader. You don't need anyone. You are good by yourself. This is your problem. They don't need to know. And that's the lie. The Bible says in James 5, we need each other. We, Galatians chapter 6. I, I just don't, don't want to drop too, too many verses, okay? But Galatians chapter 6, James chapter 5, Jesus in Matthew 18, he spoke about the importance of confessing what is going on in our lives with other fellow believers. That's why it is a blessing to be part of a church. That's why you need a church. You can't do this, this thing called life without God and without the church. It's not easy. You need help. I need help. So, hope connects us with people. And here you are. And from this day on, God wants to use you, God wants to use you as a bridge that will help people. To go from point A in their lives to point B. And God wants to use you as a door. That many people will go through. To a new reality. To, to a new perspective of life. Because you are a blessing. You are here to not only receive the blessing of God. But also receive the blessing of God to bring it to others. 
You are a blessing. So hope is connected with lives. I cannot put my hope in just making money, for example. Okay? I'm sorry. That kind of hope is just void. I need to connect my hope with lives in order to be established and firm. Let me ask you this. Is for you the same to say, God, give me a million dollars? Amen? No one wants to be a millionaire? Okay. <laughs> God, give me, give me a million dollars. It's not the same to say, God, give me a million dollars. To say, God, give me a million dollars to send missionaries to the Middle East. Now the money has a purpose. Otherwise, it's just boy. Without purpose. And God will not give you the million dollars. That simple. Sadly, the only teaching that we have ever had is to do things in order to have things and then get to be somewhere. This is life. This is how society shapes us. Shapes us. Society, our whole education system, television, media, tells us that. You need to go to college. You need to have a degree. Then you have to go and work hard to pay your debt. But also to get the best house that you can have. Maybe you can't afford a big house, but you need it. So you need a house of five rooms, six rooms, four bathrooms, big yard, three cars, and the latest car. Why? Because your neighbor, your whole neighborhood looks like that. So you are being pushed by society all the time yes. to study, to have, and I'm not against that. Not at all. Even the Bible commands us to study. Okay? But society pushes to have things to do things, to have things in order to be someone, in order, in, in order to be somebody. You know? Do things, and then you will have things, and then you will be somebody. You will be respected by your peers, you will be honored, the people will look at you like, wow, what a fancy house you have. You probably are a millionaire. You are a millionaire. That's so cool. But the Bible teaches something different. The Bible teaches us, in the book of Ephesians, that we are already, we are somebody. We are children of God. Because we are children of God, we will do things. Not to get things, because we will do things because this is our identity. And you know what we, are, we have been called to do? Serve this world. Serve humanity, just like Jesus did. And number three, you will get things. The blessings of God. It's different to the world. That's how it works. That's what... I want to explain this to you because some of us come to God and we have this big hope of just things. But things, if, if, if I just have the hope of get things, get the house, get whatever I need, and I don't connect that with God, I, 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 I don't connect that with the kingdom, that could, could become an ambition and that could stop being hope. And now it's an ambition, a personal ambition that will get me astray from God, that will you know, pull me out of God. That's why I need hope and not ambition. It's not the same. Hope is always connected with God and His kingdom. Hope keeps you alive with or without things. And when I say alive, I'm not talking about just surviving, but thriving in life. Just like I told you before. There are things, listen to me, there are things that you must let go of so that better things can come. It is the time where you, where, where you have to realize that things are not working. Keep doing the same thing. I can't do the same, the same thing. I've, I've been trying this for 10 years and there's no results. Okay, now is the time. God is saying, come on, move on. Move forward. Don't be stuck. Don't be stuck. There are things that you must, that I must let go of so that better things can come. Romans 4.18. Apostle Paul talks about Abraham. And Abraham was not only the father of faith, he was also the father of hope. 
It says, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham was moved by a living hope in his heart. He knew that God was real, that God was going to fulfill what he said. Abraham didn't understand how God was going to do it. His job was to only believe and obey. You maybe, you probably will not understand how God will do it. I don't know how I'm going to pay my debt. I don't know how I'm, I'm going to get out of this crisis in my marriage or in my family. But God knows how. You only have to obey Him. Listen to Him and obey Him. And He will pull you through. Just believe and lift you up and leads you to a powerful place far above all your problems. Believe in hope. Don't fill yourself with anxiety, doubts, and grief. Stop asking God why He's late. Have you been there? Why, God, you're so late. I need you right now. I need this job right now. I need this work permit right now. Why are you late? Stop asking God why he's late when things seem not to come at the time you expect. God, you know what, what God is doing while we wait? God is processing our hearts. God is working our hearts. The changes you are experiencing shouldn't change your spirit and faith. The Bible teaches us that things are, are, and results are just additions. The first number one thing in my life should be the kingdom. So ask God to help you relate to Him and not to things. Amen? Ask Him. Also, hope needs to be nourished, right? We need to grow in hope. How many of us wants to grow in hope? Show, show hands. Okay. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, I want to grow in hope. I want to grow in hope. There's, you know. But to grow, what, what we need to do to grow? What we need to do to grow? Get pregnant. Get pregnant, Lori. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. We eat. Eat, right? Like, I'm growing. I don't know if you noticed. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no distraction, please, Pastor. Not right now. <laughs> uh, we, we need to grow. We need to grow. We need to grow in faith. We need to grow in hope. So how we grow in hope? How we nourish hope? I'm going to share this with you. Number one, faith. Say with me, faith. faith. There you go. It is a good exercise to write down on paper the messages that you receive from God. When, when, you, know, when you have your time with God, your prayer time, and when you read the, the Bible, or you, know, you are with God alone. It's, it's, it's a nice thing to do, right? To have a place in your house where you just can sit down, and maybe you, you have been going through so many problems, but you can just find that quiet place and just talk to Him. That's great. So write down the things that He tells you. That will build up, that will build up your faith. And when, when crisis comes, when the storms come, you just go back to your journal and read what God has told you before. He has so many promises for you. We need faith. No one can help you to believe you have to do that on your own. This is the reality. Uh, our, job as, our, 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 our job as pastors or leaders or church lead, uh, leaders is just to preach the word. The word is the one that has the power to produce in you faith. Not my opinions. The word. We need faith. So how I, I grow in faith? Through the word. And the word will help me to believe. I want to tell you that the king of kings is in control of everything in your life. Just have faith. Number two, prayer. Prayer. And this seems so simple, right? Faith, prayer. We're not, God is not asking you for crazy things. Just have faith and talk to me. Prayer. 
And this is a scary, a scary statistic that I found on the internet. Of a survey in USA, our neighbors, of 15,000 churches, only 20% hold weekly prayer meetings. Only 20% right now. Another survey shows that less than 10% of church members meet for prayer in church. Less than 10%. Scary and sad statistic, right? If we the church, we don't pray, what is left for the world? <laughs> prayer. Prayer moves mountains. That's how I, now I can realize why there are so many mountains in my life that seem not to move. Well, maybe I'm not praying. And God expected me to come and pray. To come before Him. Prayer, my friend, is not God's plan A or B. Plan, prayer is the only plan. He doesn't have any other plan for you. Just pray. Prayer is not only necessary for the development of the church, but also to grow in faith. For me to grow in faith. Prayer is like breathing. I cannot live without it. So in your, in your sermon notes, in your bulletin, you will find a quick exercise. Are you ready to do it? We're going to put a screen here. Spiritual exercise. Take a pen or borrow a pen from someone. Check your bulletin. And you will find three questions. I invite you to do it right now. Because it's a checklist. It's just You have to mark it. Okay? You don't have to write anything. Just mark it. And then you will take it home. I don't want it. Okay? I, I, don't, I don't want to feel depressed this week, okay? So, <laughs> just bring it home. Bring it home with you. That's all right. It's you and God, all right? <laughs> just kidding, okay? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> just kidding. A spiritual exercise. Take a pen. Ready? Question number one says, or A, how many days did I pray this week? How many days did I pray this week? You have a couple options every day. Six to five days. Four to three days. Two to one day. Oh, I didn't pray this week. That's, that's all right. You write it down. It is for your own good, this exercise. So you get to realize what is, what is the state of your spiritual life. And today, you'll be convicted by the Holy Spirit and <clears throat> bring some changes. B, how much time do I take for prayer? How much time do I take for prayer? More than an hour? That seems scary, right? More than an hour. More than 30 minutes? More than 15 minutes? Less than 5 minutes and no prayer at all? So if you pray before each meal, and you're like me, you have like five meals a day, uh, you know, that's, a, that's something. <laughs> C, how do I consider the state of my prayer life, in your personal opinion? Very good, good, it can be better, bad, really bad. And the last one, how many prayer meetings did I attend this past month? Prayer meetings, we, we have Wednesday prayer meetings, but also, well, praying right now in church, right? This is the place for you to pray, even more, if you want to Stay and pray a little bit more. We have a prayer room right there. You can pray here in the sanctuary. We can pray together. You can come and say, Roger, I'd like to pray with you. Let's do it. You know, that would be great. Or with Pastor Roy or with, or with other brother or sister here in the church. Just pray. Use the church for prayer. This is a house of prayer. So every week, three times, two times, one time. Well, this is my first time this month. Prayer. Super important thing for us to start doing regularly every day. Number three, reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. My brother, the Word of God is power. Always remember that. Amen. When we declare the Word of God with faith, things start to happen. We need to read the Bible. We need to believe the Bible. We need to declare the Bible. When you are going through troubles or problems, if you have read the Bible before, the Holy Spirit will remind you the Bible. We will remind you the words that God has spoken for you. Ephesians chapter 6 says that the Bible, the Word of God, is like a sword that I use to defend myself from the attacks of the enemy. There are two things that you need. Faith, this, 
the shield of faith and the sword of the word of God. And number four, listen to the Holy Spirit. That's the way we can we get to nourish our hope. Praying, reading the Bible, listening to the Holy Spirit, and having faith in what God is doing in our lives. Now, I'm going to share with you three keys to moving forward with hope. Now that we get to know what is hope, and we get to also understand how we can nourish and grow our, our, our hope, I want to share with you three keys to move forward with hope. Amen? You ready? Yeah, number one, the reality of time. We have been speaking about time. Hope is connected with time. So we need to understand what is the reality of time in my life. Time is the way we measure everything that happens in our lives. Sometimes it seems like things are happening really fast, right? Sometimes. And in other times or in other seasons of our lives, it seems as though things are going slow, really slow. Sometimes we are waiting for something and it comes to pass fast. And in other times, we need to make use of our patience. So my question today is, how strong is your hope? How, how are you waiting on God? How strong is your hope today? If it is a weak hope, maybe it is because you are clinging to things, just like we were speaking before. But if, if today you feel strong and confident, then it's because your hope right now is pretty solid. All of us in this room, we are in a point A of our lives, and God wants to take us to point B. You need to know what is your point B, where God is leading you in your life, in all areas of your life. Also, we must make use of our time and not fear time. Just like I said before, time is your friend. It's not your enemy. Do not be afraid of time. Do not be afraid of your future. That's the biggest lie that the enemy can bring to you. I was reading the book of Psalms this week. And I can't remember right now what song was. I think it was Psalm 115 or something. And it says there in the, in the Spanish version, No tendré temor de malas noticias. I will not be afraid of bad news. Remember that song? In, in other words, I will not be afraid of the future. Some people, the enemy, have uh, a hole on them. And, you know, they, they live with fear and they live by fear every day. They wake up and they are afraid of the future. Maybe today is my, is, is, is my last day on earth. Maybe, I don't know, maybe today I will get fired. Maybe, you know, so many maybes, lies from the enemy, fears of the enemy, that God wants to, to come and show up in your life and say, that's enough. You need to see your future with hope, not with fear. Take off those glasses. Stop using the glasses of fear and, stop, and start using the glasses of hope. Because my God is a God of hope. He's my hope. So he, he wants you to do the same. God does not arrive late or early. He always arrives on time. Amen? Always on time. And as you wait for God's time, hope will always lead you to honor and bless others. How would you get to know, or how I will know that I'm standing on hope and not on fear? Well, you will, while you wait for something, you will put all your efforts to bless others. To connect with other people, to continue life, to work, to you know, to show effort, because you know that what you're waiting will come, at God's time will come. Number two, key number two, the effect of time. When we live far from God, time can be a torment. Right? People who doesn't know God personally, they suffer this. The psychologists call this anxiety, a lot of future. So much future that you can handle it. 
So that provokes in you panic attacks, anxiety. A lot of, a lot of past, when you live marked by your past, that will provoke in you depression. But if you have felt anxiety, you, you know how it feels, right? When you are full of doubts and fears, and God is here to tell you I have the solution and the best medicine for your, for your anxiety. It's called hope. Hope. That I'm going before you, that I'm not done with you, that I have a bright future for you, a glorious future for you, for your marriage, for your family, for your children, that your health is in my hands, your finances are in my hands. Church, we are believing this right here in church, in our church. If you take a look at the back of the bulletin, you will see a red number right there. And there is a big number. You know, you can just go and check the finances of our church. And you will see how we're doing. Are we like, I mean, super worried? No. We, we trust God. Of course we are worried. We are human beings. But we know that God will provide. Somehow he will provide. And it's good that you also take a look at the finances because this is your house. I mean, would you be worried if, uh, I don't know, it's the end of the month and you can't pay the, mor- the, the, the mortgage of your house or pay the school of your children? You know? Of course you will, because you know that that's your family. You have to protect your family. Okay, I want you to start looking at this church. Just not as a place where I come and sit and go. This is my family too. This is my place. This is where I grow. This is where I want my children to serve God. You know? It is a place that I receive blessings every, every week, and I'm blessed, and I know that I have people that I can count on. That's great. But we are not afraid of it. We are not afraid of the future. We have faith and hope in God. Job 23.10 says, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Zechariah 39 says, This this third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. And I will say, They are my people. And they will say, The Lord is our God. Church, this probably, maybe, now, right now, this is the time for you to be refined. Maybe you're going through a fire, and that's all right. That's okay, don't worry. Because, you know, there was a lot of people in the Bible that went through the fire, and they came out of the fire. Pure as gold, better. You can read about it in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of our faith, the heroes of hope. You see, every, every big man in the Bible, or woman in the Bible, man of faith, or woman of faith, they have to go through fire. God has called you to be a big man and, and woman of God in this earth. But in life, we need to go through fire. Because He wants to refine our hope, our faith. So what's our, our, our problem today? Besides fear, it's also distractions. We are distracted by so many things. And that's, that is why we feel tormented so often. What may or may not happen while I wait, while you wait, is not in your hands. It is something that you cannot control. If there's something that I want you to remember from this sermon, is this. You can't have control of everything. Stop trying to have control of everything in your life. You can have influence, but no control. It's not the same. You can't control your husband, your wife. You can't control so many things in life. 
And if you try to control everything, you will, you will get frustrated and stressful. Today is the day that the Lord wants to mark this for in your heart. And he wants you to live by hope, not by fear. Amen? Number three, the last one. We're finishing our, our sermon. The heart. Key number three. Key number one was the reality of time. Key number two was the effect of time. How I, uh, I perceive time. How I relate to time. And number three is heart. The heart. And the heart in the Bible. I mean, it is important, the heart. What do you think? Emotions are important or not? Yes, they are. We all have emotions. We all do. And God wants you to worship Him even with your emotions. God wants to control or have power or govern your emotions. Because you know that there are 90% of your decisions will be based on, not this, but this. Your emotions. I don't feel like going to church today. A decision made on emotions. I don't feel like, I don't know, that I should continue uh, working in this place. A decision that you're about to make based on your emotions. And emotions are not bad. And emotions are not good. They are just emotions. We can judge emotions. Emotions are just emotions. Emotions, comes, the word emotion comes from the Latin emovere, which means to move me forward. To move forward. Movere is even similar in Spanish. Mover. So the emotions move you. Emotions have the power, the ability to move you forward or to keep you stuck where you are. So what is the state of your emotions today? That's the key, the last key that I want to share with you this morning. Your emotions right now are maybe, I don't know, sadness? Or confusion, doubt? What is going on inside your heart? I must be wise in how I manage my emotions. An uncontrolled emotion can bring important changes to my life, both positive and negative. And the, things, the thing is that I don't need to try to manage my emotions. What I do need to do is surrender my emotions to the Holy Spirit. Surrender them. I am not alone. God is with me. God uses processes not to destroy us, but to grow our faith. So today we have the chance to declare this. I believe in, in Jesus and He is my solid rock. He is my hope. And today, my brother, my sister, put your emotions under the control of the Holy Spirit. Because in the Bible we see that because of bad emotions, so many people miss the, miss the mark, commit so many mistakes, and they lost their future. Your future will, is bright. God has, has prepared everything for you. He has a way for you. He has a destiny for you. He has a purpose with your life. But the problem is your emotions, my emotions. How are we managing our emotions? Today, bring your emotions to Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Come on, bring your emotions to Jesus. Say, Jesus, today I receive this word. You love me. I just want to tell you this. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And because he loves you, he has a future for you. Like, I love my daughter. And because I love my daughter... I have a future for her. What? No, you can't control the future. Of, yeah, I can influence the future of my daughter. Reading, reading to her the Bible every day. Praying with her. Playing with her. Like every morning before coming to work, an hour with her, playing. Just playing, goofy. Goofy games. 
like doctor or pastor, <laughs> you know. Now we're going to discipline the teddies. <laughs> Having fun with her. I want her to see church as a place where she can be who she is. We're goofy. We make jokes. We're normal people. And the same happened. The same is, 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 is the same with, with the father. He sees us. And he sees our future. And he tries every day. Like I, I feel him today in this place. Like trying to correct your course. Trying to influence your decisions. So you don't miss the future that he has in store for you. Today, God wants to mark this word inside your heart. Hope. Let go of control. Grab the keys that he has for you. Time is not against you. Time is in your favor. Time is not, it's not your enemy. Time is your friend. Time is not a curse. Time is a blessing. While you wait, you will get to experience God in a way that you never imagined. That's what I'm going to tell you today. And now I want you to close your eyes, bow, bow your head, and just think about the word today. I invite Wes, the worship team, to go to the, to the stage. We're going to be singing a song in a couple of minutes. But right now, let's just think and listen to the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this. What is your hope today? If you have lo- lost your hope, you are in the in the best place that you could that that you could be. This is this place. The church is the place of the resurrection. God wants to restore your hope, resurrect your hope. What is your hope? Where is it deposit? How are you no, how, how how are you growing your hope? Are you doing something about it and? Maybe today, just this silly exercise that we did, maybe that exercise helped you to see that you're lacking, that you're lacking prayer. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants to take you to a new level. A stronger relationship with Him through prayer. Maybe He's talking to you and He's speaking to you about reading more of the Bible. Maybe follow a Bible plan, a new version or whatever. Just get together with other brothers and sisters. Let's have coffee together and just read the Bible. And and let's hear to God together. Maybe today you feel like you have been so distracted with so many things. The phone, the TV, the media, sports, jobs, careers. That you, you don't even remember when was the last time that you stayed quiet without saying a word. Just to think about the Holy Spirit just to listen to him well today is the day to take a commitment Holy Spirit I want to have a relationship with you once more there are three keys that you need to grasp today and that you you need to take and bring home what has the Lord spoken to you about this how are you managing your time what is the effect that time is having in your heart your emotions, in your mind. Is the waiting time tormenting you? Or is it blessing you? Today you're here. We are here, Lord. So you may change our perspectives, perspectives about 
time. Lord, today we come before you and, we, and I pray, Lord, with, the, with this whole congregation that you will bless us, that you will help us to move forward, to move on. Lord, if there's specific things that you want to speak to our hearts, do it right now. As we wait on you, as we wait on your word, as we wait on your voice, we want to hear your voice today. Maybe there are some specific things that you want to speak to to us about a, about a marriage, about, about our children, about our emotions. Today is the day to talk about emotions with you. How are we feeling? Lord, and we want to be completely honest with you. Maybe some of us, maybe some of us are right now mad at you. We want to be honest, Lord, because we don't understand what's going on. But you are that tender father that comes and embraces us and speaks with love to us. Lord, today we want to let go of control. We take the commitment to not try to control everything anymore because we realize now through the Word, through the Bible, that trying to control everything will just create more stress and anxiety in our hearts. Rather, we want to pray. We want to bring thanksgiving before you. We want to wait on you, just like it says in the book of Psalms. Wait on the Lord. He's in your favor. He's at your side. And He's working in you and through you and for you. And He will do great things in your life. I want to bless you today. Maybe some people didn't come today. That's okay, but you are here because you want a word from God. And this is the word that, I, that God has for you. I'm not done with you. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. I have plans for you. And I will do what I said I will do with your life. Do not let go of me. Embrace me. Let's walk together. Talk to me. Listen to me. Let's have a relationship. Today, you are being blessed by God. Father, I pray that you bless your church. I pray, Lord, that uh, the peace of Jesus will come and will, and will take control and dominion of our minds, our thoughts, our emotions. Lord, I pray for the emotions, that the Holy Spirit will take control, control of our emotions. You are the only one that can control them. And I pray, Lord, that you will change and you will take out of our hearts any emotion that it's, that it's not good for us to have. Anxiety, depression, sadness, lack of hope, bitterness, lack of forgiveness, self-condemnation. Now in the name of Jesus, you are being free by the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will work in our hearts and that you will grow your, your fruit inside of us. Peace, God, peace, love, hope, kindness. Lord, that we will live this life for your glory. And that, and that as we wait for the things that we are waiting, that you have said that you will do, we will rejoice in you, we will serve you faithfully, we will bless you, and we, and we will continue believing. Because you are our solid rock, you are a hope, in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, talk to him and say, Amen.